0: This lady comes over to me and she says, I'm sitting in back of you and I'm listening to every word you're saying. Do you really believe what you're saying? So that girl that was sitting next to me says, not only that she believes, she lives it.
1: She views her challenges as a channel. A channel to now spread direction and healing to the world. She views her challenges as another step in her lifelong Avaida of revealing and living by her truest self, her nishama. Join us for a powerful Das discussion with Suri Fuchs as we take it from knowledge and bring it down to action. This discussion has inspired me and impacted me greatly and I'm sure it will impact you too. Welcome to Olive All Over, a platform where we learn to make Gula a reality. Stop, drop, and scroll to the top of this podcast if you have not yet given a rating. Do so now. It really helps others. Find the podcast, hit follow so you will not miss an episode, and share this episode with a friend. You never know who you can inspire. Have a birthday, a or just have a feeling that you want to add more light to the world, consider sponsoring a future episode at Olive All Over. Your support is what makes this happen. Together, we're lighting up the world. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to our 25th DAS discussion, where we take it from knowledge and bring it down to action. Today, we are very lucky to have with us Sari Fox, all the way from Crown Heights. Can you please introduce yourself?
0: Hi. Like Rivki said, my name is Sari Fox. I am a Shlucha in Crown Heights. I teach in Cheder Armenachem, Kansi Vashemis It is a Cheder for uh, Yiddish speaking, and I
1: teach five year olds. This is my Shluchas. Beautiful. Thank you. So I'm actually very excited for this discussion. First of all, we had a, 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 a before this um <laughs> a little bit of uh experience with my computer to be very real water got spilled on it so we're doing this on a phone and it's like a real invite to see like how am i actually taking all this and actually being calm through all the interesting experiences that hashem brings us and it really ties into a lot of your life the whole Sikha speaks about like Yehuda and Yosef, right there's Yehud- there's yasef he's officially strong but he's officially the second to the king so much power And then there's Yehuda who approaches him. But really, Yehuda's strength was stronger than Yasef because he knew he was approaching the king. He knew the nature, the limits of the world that was in front of him, that it's not really normal to come and start, you know, demanding things from the second to the king. But because he was connected to Hashem and he had this higher purpose, he was not limited by nature. And that's why he got the strength to approach Yasef and he caused incredible things to happen. So... I know that you had a challenge with health with your foot and some other things over there. And according to nature, things didn't necessarily look so good. But because you connected yourself to this level, I think, of Yehuda. like really what the Rebbe says, every single one of us can achieve this level of we're in nature, yet we're completely above it. How how did you get to that state? If you could just tell us a little bit of that journey of what happened and how did you go through about it?
0: Okay, so it doesn't begin with... um, what happened the last, uh, challenge that I was going through. It really is a way that, that I'm working on myself for quite a few years after I was challenged with many, many challenges in my health, including, um, twice, uh, brain injuries. One was more challenging than the other. And through every challenge that Hashem gave me, I just grew and grew and understand that, um, when Hashem gives a challenge to a person is, um, it's only a place for them to grow and to become uh, stronger and a bigger believer in more and more, more B'tach Hashem. Um, so, we'll start with the last challenge that I was challenged with. And um, being that I worked on myself so much, so Hashem also gives me the ability to see this challenge as an opportunity for myself and for others. Um, so after I married off my daughter Bar HaShem in the summer, I was challenged with a brand new challenge, um, I had, my knees were hurting and I did not know what it was. First, I thought it was from the dancing, over dancing at a Hasana, but after doing the x-rays and MRIs, um, we found out that my legs are suffering from arthritis. I say my legs because we should never connect the pain to ourselves, And uh, the legs are part of our body, but uh, the legs are going through a challenge and not myself. And I, um, it was arthritis. So the doctor sent me to do therapy and the therapy wasn't helping. So they suggested some kind of an extension to help to add some gel into the knees and to build the cartridges of my knees. They told me it's 50-50. It might work, and that if it works, it will be only good for a couple of months, and then I'll have to do the shot again, or it might not work at all. So we decided to do it. They ordered the shot. It took a while until I got here, and I was putting hope on that shot instead of putting hope on Hashem. So when they did the shot, it was very painful. And they said, and if it doesn't work, then we have plan B and C. So after we did the shot and I'm still in therapy, I'm still going with the Rebbe Zahira is to listen to doctors. So I was still listening to the doctor going with that kav of this is what the doctor says, this is what we have to do. When this shot did not help and the therapy wasn't really helping, I come back to the doctor with the same pain, I'm back to square one. And they said, the doctor had a whole meeting about my knees and they said, next thing is either surgery or um, every month I will have to come back to do a cortisone shot, which is a very dangerous shot for any kind of bones. It basically eats up the bones and it's not a healthy shot. So I was a little upset because at the beginning, I was just going with what the doctors were saying. And then I realized in that moment, sitting in the doctor's office, I have two professional doctors sitting and telling me all oh, this kind of kite that it's really against my nature to listen to doctors when they come to this level. And I started remembering that this is not who I am. After I don't go totally only with what doctors say. I also go with what Hashem wants for me. So I remember saying to the doctors, that is not Shem's plan for my legs. And I was upset. I saw the reaction. They looked at each other, kind of uh, telling each other, this lady is cuckoo. And I walked out of the office. I was really upset that those were the options.
1: So these were Jewish doctors? You are telling them, like, this is not what God wants because is not what Shem like? So it was not. It was two from
0: doctors. Actually, one is a Lubavitcher and one is maybe a Lubavitcher. And um, when I told them, this is not what Hashem wants for my legs, they didn't accept because if I do something else, then they will lose their practice. For me, what I was thinking then, that something alternative would come approach me because I'm used to that. Once I let go of what doctors think that this is the right thing, and I go with a different mahalach of, Hashem has a different plan for me. Hashem really revealed to me throughout all my challenges a very different plan that always worked. So um, that was Thursday, and all Shabbos I was—I really didn't go to shul. I was thinking, so what is Hashem's plan? This is not the plan. So what is Hashem's plan? I'm not saying Shabbos. I dragged myself to seven seventy. And somebody saw me, and she knows me. And she says, I feel so bad for you. I said, don't feel bad for me. She says, but you know what? I do have a special oil that can help you. Now, because so many people were suggesting different things, I kept on saying, no, 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 Hashem has a better plan. But um, when she said that, for some reason, because it was right after I told the doctors, this is not Hashem's plan for my niece, so when she came over to me, I felt... This is Hashem sending her to me. And it sounded so real, uh, oil. I don't know about the oil anything, but she told me it's natural. It's what you like to do, only natural. So we ordered the oil and Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. I was very consistent with the oil. I did a step above what the, that doctor suggested, how to do it. I did it even more. And while I was doing the oil, I was putting Hashem in this oil and saying, Hashem, you are the cure. It's not the oil; it's through the oil where my knees are going to become brand new. And I was visualizing me myself walking, dancing, doing all my activities that I used to do, and building my the cartridges in
1: my legs in my knees without any kind of surgery because this the oil was Hashem. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Where does the oil come from? Like you said, you order the oil. It's like a natural doctor that sells these oils for healing. So, yes, there is. I
0: went on this doctor's website. His name name is, the name of the website is Clinic Lavi. And I went on the website. I met the doctor by phone. I spoke to him and he's right away. He lives in Eretz Yisrael. And Hashgach HaPratis, when Hashem wants something to work, he makes it and all the details will work. Um, I had some people coming in for Sukkis, and they were willing to bring. So I said, if I'm already ordering the oil, it's probably not only for me. I always think of other people. So I decided that I will order quite a few of them. And if it will help me, then I'll start helping other people. Um, so I ordered a lot of them, and I did it. He, he directed me how to do it. I went a step above putting, like I said before, putting Hashem into the oil and love. And that also came from, what does it mean putting love into my body, into my legs? So that came from a different challenge that I was challenged. Um, So I had a stroke. It was eight years ago. And in the process of waking up after the stroke, I realized that I needed a shower. And I didn't know if anybody showered me or not. And the nurse came into my room. I thought it was a nurse. And when she came close to me, I asked her if she could please shower me. And she came very close. She had a stick in her hand. It, I don't know what that stick was. It could be that it was a broom. But I said to her, could you please shower me? And I couldn't speak. Then I was I was through texting, writing on my screen of my, my cell phone. And she came... Very close to me. She opened her big eyes and she said to me, You are God. Don't you know that your body is not your body? Don't you know that your body is God? She wasn't Jewish, obviously. She was Hispanic. And she said it very firmly. And it seems like she was really sent by Hashem to me. At that moment, I wasn't thinking like that, but she was screaming. Your leg is not paralyzed. Because your leg is God and you know better than me because you're Jewish and you learn more than I do. And then she went on to my hands and every part of my body that was that looked like it was paralyzed, she went through all the parts and said, this is not you. This is God. You have to put love into those parts of your body and you'll see that in no time, all those parts of your body are going to wake
1: up. Wow, that is actually crazy like mom she just said you are god that wow so when she said that as
0: weak as I was after a stroke what was running in my head was wow she knows and i said this is what i learned from ninth grade that we could create we are creators and she's right my body is not i'm not the boss of my body there is a shem that's in charge and i just have to connect with lots of love to all those parts that are paralyzed and then i was moved to rehab and those words of hers were so stuck in me by the way when my husband was trying to find out who this lady is nobody in the hospital knows who she is
1: oh my gosh basically like a little elio navi in the form of uh of a lady right so i say that elio navi was Nikola Eli.
0: she was um she appeared to me and when I say this story, so I, so when I went to, actually, when I went to rehab, that was my whole mehalach. Everything they wanted to do to me, I said, this is not you doing to me and it's not me doing to myself. You are messengers from Hashem. You are doing what Hashem wants you to do. And I'm going to be up and about and I'm going to be start walking in no time because I'm connecting to my body on a very different level.
1: This is literally vayigash Yehuda because Yehuda comes the word Haida, acknowledging, recognizing, and thinking Hashem, it wasn't him, it wasn't him approaching. I it. said, like, "This is just what had to be done." This is like literally, wow,
0: right? Exactly. So to make it even stronger, because I keep on saying and Navi was Nikolai, Eli, and people like you know lift up their eyebrows, think that I'm like a little strange. So Rabbi Jacobson made it more clear to me. Um, right after this incident, it was like a few months later. I was sweeping my sukkah and I was listening to a shiur by Rabbi Jacobson. I don't remember how this story fits in, but he said a story about Reb Nachum Chernobyl. That when Reb Nachum Chernobyl, he was a chassid of the of the uh, Tov. He was, a, his job kind of, quote, unquote, his job was to go to prisoners and encourage them, give them words of, you know, um, give them regards from their families and bring some goodies to them. Of course, with no permission, he just snuck it in. And he connected them to Hashem to be, you know, happy and be And one day, he himself, he was caught, And he was a prisoner and he didn't understand how Hashem could be so mean, kind of mean to him after he worked so hard bringing Bittachon and Simcha to prisoners. And now he himself is tested with this challenge of being a prisoner. So one day he was standing in his room and he was crying to Hashem. And he said, Hashem, how is this possible? What did I do wrong that you are punishing me here as a prisoner? In this um, jail, there was a lady, a Ukraine lady. She was, it looked like she was the cleaning lady in the cellar, in the jail. She heard his cry and she comes to the gate of his room and she says to him, I hear your cry. I think I can help you. So he looks at her and he's like, you little Ukraine cleaning lady, how could you help me? So she says to him, you learned Tyra, right? And he says, yeah. And she said, do you know why Hashem put Avram Avinu to live in a mitbar? Hashem could have made Avram Avinu Bechira He's the first father. The first one that believed in Hashem and spread out Hashem in Yiddish Gai. He could have put him to live in a beautiful palace, in a city. Why did he put him in a desert, in a tent? in the heat of the Midbar. So she says to him, you know why Hashem that, did that to him? Because in order for Abraham Avinu to be the right, perfect machlis Archim, he first had to understand the pain of a backpacker. What does it mean to walk in the desert, no water, in the heat, no water, no food? So once you understand what a backpacker is, that's the only way that you could be the machlis Archim the right way. And he understood what she said. She disappeared. Time went by and he was released. He was a father of a nafti. He went out of jail. And the first thing a chassid does is approaches his Rebbe. So he went to the Baal Shem Tov. And right when he walked into the Baal Shem Tov's room, the Baal Shem Tov says to him,
1: machum. How was it to meet Sarah Emeinu in jail? Oh my goodness! And you heard this story from Jacobson, like right after your like how long after your your personal story? It was six months after I had my this joke. I
0: it finished on about off and this happened during Sokis. Yeah. so it made it very clear to me. Say, oh my gosh, that is my story. So she was Saraymenu. I kept on saying Elio and Navi, but she probably was that kind of Saraymenu that came to give me clarity, and it really uplifted me. From then, every time my body goes through a challenge, I always say, oh, that lady, she comes like in front of my face and um, reminding me that our body is really Hashem, and any challenge that Hashem gives us to the body is only to make us stronger and more connected to Hashem. So I had to go back to this challenge with my knees. I did the oil for three weeks and suddenly one morning i wake up and the whole thing
1: totally disappeared wow it's it's crazy <laughs> It's like i'm not just like trying to digest it it's it's it. so you didn't see any process until like one morning or you saw a process happening all along yes yeah, so the beginning i used to
0: wake up every night at about 2 2:50 2. a.m. to take tylenol cuz i would wake up the same exact time from pain so the pain did uh, go away after three, four days of using the oil. But then to get out of bed in the morning, it was still a big struggle. And to get into the bed and get into my car, I always needed assistance, somebody to lift up my legs. Uh, walking, I could not walk until after three weeks. Suddenly, I realized that I could go up the hill to 770 without assistance. Nobody had to help me. What I I learned from this is that right after I was healed and I say, okay, this oil is really a magic cure from Hashem, so why can Hashem do this to me? And I was thinking, it's not for me, it's for to help other people. So what I was starting to do is search people in the streets that are limping and I saw like pain in their legs and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to call these people and let them know that I have this special oil that can help them. And so when I got the next um, order, I ordered 33 bottles of oil and then I started calling all these people that I was seeing in the street. What does it mean I was seeing? Hashem made me see them that I could help them with the oil and I start, I found myself like making all these phone calls, calling people. I have a special oil. And the more I did it, the more the word spread out that I have this magic oil that can help people cure themselves.
1: And it's very funny. The word is actually spread out because on our way here in the car, someone calls her about the oil. And she's like, I'll tell you the story. And when we do the interview, it's really true. People really know about this. It's cool how you have the perspective that Hashem gave me this challenge just for other people. But so I guess finish that up, and then I'm going to ask, but how do you get to that space? But let's, I guess, first finish the, the oil story. Okay, that is the oil story. So right now, um,
0: I, have, I buy the oils in Eretz Yisrael because the war, not so many people are coming. So I, I tell Hashem every time, like the oils are finished, I think Hashem, now it's not for me. It's for your people that need to be cured. Every single person deserves to be cured. And because I found out about this oil, it's my schofs to help people. And you're going to make sure that the oils come here no matter what. And I see miracles. Every time I say that, all of a sudden, somebody comes over to me and says to me something about somebody that's in Eretz Yisrael and is about to come. I talk to random people and they say, you know, my son is in Eretz Yisrael. I said, oh, really? Why is she even saying my son is in Eretz Yisrael? Because... She doesn't know, but she does know that I need those oils to come because Hashem makes a person come to me to tell me about their son in Eretz Yisrael. Somebody I saw told me that her uncle and her aunt are coming to Eretz Yisrael from America for a house, And I said, "Great, they'll bring back oils for me." My whole my whole life now is all about the oils and how to help people cure themselves. And Hashem literally wants it to go through me. I see it clearly because. I, I have this going on in my life for such a long time that any challenge that Hashem gave me, and I could elaborate about that soon also. Um, so every challenge Hashem gave me, and He gave me the cure through a random way, it's not for me. I keep on saying, now I'm going through a challenge because Hashem wants me to help others. So I'm going to take this challenge on myself, because I know that I'm for sure going to get cured, but I
1: also want to help other people get cured. So how do you get to that state? It's like really living with Hashem, really living all the chassidus we learn about in Nevada and everything, we learn, we learn, we, we know it, but how do you feel it in your bones? How do you feel, let's say, when the water spilled my computer? You know, I'm like, okay, I practice, but like I really hope it works. And you're like, no, it's going to work. How do you get to this state of like, Hashem is the only truth and there's nothing else like Yehuda this has to happen I don't care like I'm I'm not taking any side alleys I'm taking the direct one whether you know it's more scary or right so actually there is a few factors to that
0: Um, there is a Sihah of the Rebbe in Parshat Chayis Arachet Chafhei about the malach that goes in front of us so it's I highly recommend everybody to learn it or whoever didn't learn it I think it's in Chayil Um The Malach that went in front of Eliezer, and she, that same Malach is the one that brought Rivka to the to the well. And when I learned that tzicha, it was while I was going through another challenge in my life, and I needed to be in Eretz Yisrael for four days, but it was during Corona time, and all all gates were locked kind of like and if you come to Eretz Israel, there's no way you can leave in four days without sitting in quarantine for at least 10 days but learning that sikha when people ask me how are you going to do it i said well i just learned the molecules in front of me so the truth is there's no how do you do something is how do you live what you learn so if i learned that a malach is going in front of me it's literally i see that malach going in front of me and there's nothing in the world that would stop that malach because first of all it's an avor from the Rebbe. the Rebbe says is for us to take it literally and live them so we know that it says in the time that Ash- avram told eliezer that he shouldn't worry the malach is going to go in front of you he said besides you and then he changed it when he was talking to to Besuel, and he said in front of you, There Rebbe goes to a whole discussion, what's in front, what's beside you. But in any case, when you know that the Malach is going in front of you and taking care of any kind of obstacle, anything that could happen, that Malach was there already. So he already took, he opened all the gates. So I had to leave to Eretz Yisrael for four days, like I said. And um, when I got to Eretz Yisrael, I saw everybody was like petrified that they're going to have to go sit in quarantine. And I was asked, aren't you afraid? I said, no, I'm not. There's a Malak that already set it up. How? I don't know, but I'm going to see on the way how it was set up for me that I'm only going to be four days at Eretz Israel. I would not have to sit in quarantine because I have to be back at my work within four days. So it's kind of in and out during Corona. So I come to Eretz Israel and the first Malach that took care of my situation was they take you to a computer and they ask you details where are you going to be so I said I'm going to my friend what is your email address and by mistake it's not a mistake again this is a malach. it's literally saying what I had to say and I gave the email of my friend instead of my email I didn't realize that that's what I did and they asked me what's your purpose of your visit? I said I had a court case that I had to attend. And that was true. Um, Where are you going to stay? And I gave my friend's address. And, and that's it. And they just let me go in. Nothing. They didn't take a Corona test. They kind of like dropped me in between some, you know, holes. They totally forgot that I also need to take a Corona test. In the meantime, I got to my friend and I was there and um, now, in order to get out of Ereti Israel, you need a doctor's letter that you you don't have corona, you're clean. So I said, okay, Hashem, you brought me until here. I, I went into the courtroom, I did everything, and now I have to go back. But I don't, I'm don't, i not going to get stuck at the airport because this malach is taking care of me. Um, so as I said those words, I see an article in the Beis Mashiach about a certain doctor, an Israel Alibovich doctor, and I do know him. He's kind of a family friend. So I called him. I said, listen, I need to go back to New York, and I need to go tomorrow. I I need a a letter from you. What do you need me to write? So I told him, what? He said, come over. It was an hour and a half drive. I came. He gave me the letter. I said, thank you, Malach. I have have the letter. I could get out. There was another thing that happened, um, while I was, it's all, I jumped, uh, every night to the Kaisel where you are really not allowed to, and I wanted to be at the Kaisel. Everybody was telling me, you're not gonna be able to go. Everything is closed there. I said, don't worry. There's a model that's taking me there. It's not for me. I have to dive in for many people. And right when I get to the Kaisel, I see like an opening. I walk through and nobody stopped me. Nobody asked me, where are you going? I just walked. They probably—I don't know what—but they probably assumed that I live in the rova. The way I walked through the gate, it was like for them not even a question that I probably live there. And that's what happens when you know that there's a malach that's going in front of you. You just everything is open, and nobody's going to be running after you. Nobody's going to tell you, "Stop! Where are you going?" Because there was a malach that went there before me, so obviously I'm meant to be there.
1: Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally getting the chills. Like, just like in Israel, like the, that's where you need like the most confidence because these people are like these big nachos, and like you just walk straight because you believe it's, wow, it's making wow. There's just no words. Okay, so I'm gonna go again to that question. So,
0: how do you live that Hashem is, is everything? Ainah it like. Um, one of my challenges was um, another accident that I went through, and I had TBI. It's, it stands for traumatic brain injury. Uh, two years, I was really struggling with everything, mm-hmm. not able to function at all. In Bartlesham, we found the cure. Again, it was an Eretz and I was treated by a special healer. Um, he did promise me that at the end of all these treatments, I'm going to come back to myself but he doesn't know a limit of time so he was treating me every single day for three weeks and i didn't feel any changes on the contrary i was even more mixed up because when you have expectations then there's a lot of limitations no nobody should have expectations um because that brings to disappointments and my expectations was i'm coming and i'm getting cured and i'm going home or my whole family thought that that's how it's going to be but Hashem's plans are always the best plans and Hashem wanted me to go deeper into myself and to understand that without Hasidus nothing will get nothing's going to move and because I was has some to say but I was very very ill and I wasn't able to go deep because my brain wasn't functioning at all so Hashem was testing me more and more until one night I remember that I was really depressed, and I remember taking off the picture from the wall. I was staying by my mother then, and I literally was holding it tight and saying to the Rebbe, Rebbe, only you, Hashem, and I know what I'm suffering. And I'm giving my life another, like, until tomorrow, if I don't see any kind of a simon that this is the right person that I'm, that's taking care of me, then literally there's no point for me to live anymore. I was that was the level of my depression. And I told the Rebbe again, I'm giving it until tomorrow. I'm already three three weeks with the Rebbe's brachas. Uh, the to Dafka go to this healer. But I told the Rebbe it's obviously not working. So and then I like kind of put down the picture and didn't want to even look at the Rebbe's picture. And then again, um my son opened up the Igorus cardish because he saw that I was in very deep pain. And the Rebbe answered there an amazing answer. One side was um I'm very um unhappy to hear that be that you are khoyshed, uh, um accusing accusing me of not being there for you and that I have a paydah a grudge towards you. So the Rebbe says, And um, the Rebbe said that to add in learning Chassidus and that would bring the complete refuah. So I asked my daughter, what does she think this means? And she said that, because I keep on telling everybody that I have amazing answers from the Rebbe, but those brachas are not really coming through. So she said, you have to change the sprach, the language. Instead of saying, I have brachas from the Rebbe and the brachas are not coming through, say, I have brachas from the Rebbe and you'll see that I'm going to be a walking miracle. And it took me a while to learn how to say those words because I was very mixed up. And it was kind of against what I was seeing, the pile. But I had to train myself and also that answer to learn more chasiddahs. It was the second time that I got that answer from the Rebbe, even though the Rebbe knows that I can't learn right now. The is still demanded from me to do something that was above, way above the ability of my brain. And, um, and that's it. That was the answer. The next morning I went for healing. And on my own I decided that, it's not on my own, and I have to correct really, that Hashem decides for us. But uh, the idea was to say the 12 psukim and to say LaHaskil Chabina, which is Perik Alif Aleph in the Igrej Kodesh. Of uh, Tanya, again, it's Alif. It starts with La habina, and it's an amazing, amazing parak for every single person to learn. It's and that parak really is teaching us that there's no place and no situation that a person goes through that Hashem is not in it. And I I always loved learning that parak in Tanya. But this time I took it yeah. literally to bring that report to me because it reminded me that um, when the Rebbe's El Tazeide, Rebbe Meir Shlemianovsky was um, not well and he was separated, like Corona time, he was quarantined and there was a Hasid with Asher Minukolayev that he used to go every day to the hotel where those quarantined sick people were, and he would sing it in a tune. The whole last kilchabina, and with Reb Merishlemy Anaski, when Baruch Hashem he was cured, uh, he said that he was cured because of the last kilchabina of Reb Asher
1: Menuchalayiv. Wow, it's like I, I I remember hearing that story, and actually I actually like took it on myself to like learn it, and learn it, and. It really helped me actually go through a certain challenge. I have like this fear of like, like the self-conscious fear of something. And I was, I learned that with a few, like with someone for a few times and it, it really, it's crazy. how like Hasidus really can get you there, but you have to learn it in a way that like, I don't know, just really, really deep and, and, and in an honest state. So yeah, I, this Desperate is incredible. Yeah. Just to add to what Rifki said, to learn it in a deep way means
0: to take it into action. So when you face any kind of challenge and you right away say that last the challenge is gone. It's not there anymore. It really disappears in the moment. So that morning when I went and I was laying in, on the bed and during the treatment, I was saying last the way my brain was working then was whatever I knew from the past, I did remember, but nobody was able, if somebody interrupted me in the middle my brain couldn't continue anymore. I had to start all over again. I would not be able to continue, even though I knew it by heart in my sleep. But those, uh, those years of my challenge was like that. If, I, if somebody stopped me in the middle, I have to start all over again. So the doctor, the healer, you know, the doctor is a healer. He says, wow, tell me, what are you saying? And I said, why are you asking? And he said that today is the first time after three weeks that I could tell you the truth, that your brain for the first time opened up to accept the healing. He said that he constantly was working that the, to, to put this energy into the brain and to make the brain start functioning all over again. And the brain was rejecting the treatments. It was throwing it back to his hands and he was almost about to give up on me. And that was the day that he, Mabish, revealed to me that um, my Avaidah uh, learned, not only learning Laskil Chabina, I really, really believed in Laskil Chabina, that through the Laskil Chabina, it was able not only to affect me, it affected the healer that was trying to heal me. And he said to me, whatever you're saying, I said, I can't go deep right now. Like you, he knows, I can only explain to you a little bit what this paric means. And he said that the the more I will say it during the treatment, the faster I'm going to heal. This healer is not a Lubavitcher. He's actually a Litvish guy, but he is close to the Rebbe. And um, he believed in it because not that he understood so much what this Peric was, because I couldn't really explain to him on a deeper level, but he felt it by energy that this Peric is the the Peric that's bringing the cure to my brain.
1: Wow. So you were saying the parac while he was working on you, and he saw that it actually was working faster.
0: Right. It was going deeper into the brain. And from then, he asked me if I could say it every day when I come for treatment. And within three weeks, I was back home, walking. I didn't need a cane or walker. And it was obvious, he admits also, that it was because of this Tanya. So if it cured by Mayor and for sure, um, I see that it cured me. I was the one saying it. I didn't need a chassid to say it for me. I was able to say it from, on my own. Um, so that was when you learn chasidis, it's not enough. You have to take the chassidis, dress it, and it, it should become part of you in a way that there's nothing in the world that is going to stop you you want to get cured, you just take that sicha, take that Bitahan sicha that everybody knows, Shmoy Islam don't just hazard and say, wow, this was an amazing sicha from the Rebbe, yeah, we have a great Rebbe, but say, this is a nevur, the Rebbe knows every single chassid, when he says any any sicha or any tanya that the alter Rebbe wrote, it's for you, for me, for her, for every single yid, not only a chassid, that um, through all these ch- Mariam, Tanya, Sichas, it's meant to cure us. It's meant to cure not in a, only in a physical way, in a, in a spiritual way. So I mentioned before the Sicha of Shemua I don't think that there's anybody that didn't touch it yet. So um, everybody with their own Avaida, the way they take a Sicha and how they break it in in their lives. I'm just going to give another short story, what happened through this tzichah. Um, I was flying again to Eretz with somebody that needed a little healing. Her father passed away, and um, I decided to take her on a trip to Eretz It was very hard for her, um, the passing of her father. And um, be- when her father was challenged with the sickness, I was learning the siha with her, and giving her more tools through the Sikha how to deal with this challenge. I wasn't promising her that her father's gonna live. And she clearly understood it for me that wherever whatever Hashem wants to be with her father, that's what's gonna happen. But we did start learning that Sikha while her father was sick. And then he unfortunately passed away. We she did, she was not left with any questions because we learned the Sikha. We didn't finish the whole sikha, but she saw the direction, we were, how we were taking the sikhah. So she, from her whole family, the 10 siblings, was the only one that was not questioning why Hashem did this to their father, because she was very well prepared through the sikhah that anything Hashem is going to do with her father, she's going to accept. So I took her on a trip to Eretz Room. And I did not realize that we had a very long stop over in Moscow. And only the day of our trip, it was Mati Shabbos, on Shabbos, she came over to me in 770 and she said, Mrs. Fuchs, what are we going to do in Moscow for eight hours? I said, why are we going to Moscow for eight hours? And she says, that's the ticket that you booked. So I said, well, that's a Pratis that I didn't even know. So I said, um, I have to ask somebody, really, what is my shlichus in Moscow? Obviously, if Hashem puts us somewhere, and for eight hours, that must be a very big shlichus. So I asked somebody that also like deals with energy, and she looked at me and she said, wow, I see a big light is waiting for you in Moscow. And I said, wow, can't Hashem make this big light happen here in New York? I'd have to go all the way to Moscow. So she says, I don't know, but that's what I see. So I was very excited and I took a lot of Russian Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach cards and Mashiach cards in Russian. And I said, okay, we'll do a lot of Mitzvahim at the airport. What else could the Lubavitch girl do in, in the airport? So we arrived in Moscow and we dove in Chakras and we ate breakfast. And then we gave out all the cards that we had and we were left with four hours not knowing what to do. We have in Milcha, we ate lunch the first time in my life that I ate three meals a day comes my rave, we dive in my rave, and then now what? We're in the airport, very few people waiting for this connection flight to Eretz israel And I was thinking, okay, so what is our shloos here? We finished with that. I don't see a special light. We just did what ev- every Lubavitch girl will do, give out. Did some neshek. And um, also I realized that there's a bacher with a yafi yamuka, so I knew he belongs to us. He's sleeping on the bench a little further down from us. And I said, he's probably going to have to catch this connection fight with us. So I saw him, so I knew that we could not um, go for boarding without waking him up. So that was first thing. I said, okay, is that the light? No, I don't think that that is the light that she meant because that's simple. Just to make sure that a bachar is up, that's not what Hashem is planning for us. I am a deeper person. I want to see massive lights. So I, she said to me, okay, so what are we doing now? I said, what are we doing now? We have almost four hours in the airport. I said, hey, I bought a copy um, of this Sikha, of Shema Islam Edvav. Let's continue to learn. So we sat down, and there was an echo in the airport. My voice is not very quiet. Tarte <laughs> mashma. I don't stay so quiet in my life. And she said, You know, can we review from the beginning? Because it was a while since we learned the last Gil um, I'm sorry, the Shema Yislam And it's okay, so let's summarize what we learned until now. And then we're gonna go on. So I summarized it, but then she had a million more questions. So we got up to the middle of Ice Aleph, an hour and a half. And suddenly, here comes the light. Okay, everybody's ready? This lady comes over to me and she says, I'm sitting in back of you and I'm listening to every word you're saying. Do you really believe what you're saying? So that girl that was sitting next to me says, not only that she believes, she lives it. So she said to me, I can't believe there are people in the world that could live on that level. So I asked her, do you want to hear how you can live on this level? She wasn't on LaBabche. She's actually from Flatbush. And she came closer to us and she said, can I join this class? And I said, sure. So she had a whole bunch of questions. I knew that we're not moving too far into the singha. especially that it's a lady that was really, really lacking bitachan in Hashem. So we had to start all over again. What is bichlal, what bitachan means? And it got to such a deep discussion. So... We, uh, we got up to the uh, finally, and then we have to de- uh, we have to start boarding. So she said, you know what? I want to test you if you really believe every word you taught me over here. So she says, okay, I'm in for the challenge. I go way and beyond. I- I'm not scared of any challenge. So she said, you see, I have a double stroller over here with no babies. So I said, yes. She said, listen, my son lives in Harnofe, in Sroll. He had a second child one after the other. And to buy this double stroller in RSC will cost triple amounts than to buy it in New York. So he asked me to buy what and bring it to RSC But I'm afraid that I'm gonna be stopped in by the by the, what is it called, by the red light, green light. Like you really have to, yeah, you have to claim because if you bring in something that's worth more than a certain amount of money, you're gonna have to pay taxes. So I told her, what's the problem? Looking at you, looking at the stroller, looking at the sira that we just learned, Hashem didn't bring you till here to Moscow and then to Ro with a double stroller in order to make you agmas nefesh. Obviously that you're going to be, I'm um, visualizing you going past the green light with no problem, nobody's stopping you, but you also have to believe in it. She says, okay, I have to stand next to you to be part of your belief, because I'm not on your level at all. I said, I see you passing. Don't worry about your stroller. So we get to Ereti's stroll. She sticks to us like glue and says, this is going to be the test. And we get to the suitcases. And obviously, here's Hashem coming. This is how he operates. Uh, we had six suitcases and only... Four of the six arrived. One of them was a very important suitcase for me. It had all my gluten-free food in it. And that's the one that didn't arrive. And one of that lady's suitcases didn't arrive. Those were the days that you could take two, uh, two, two suitcases. So I tell the girl that was with me, listen, I have a very good idea. I see how Hashem is running this whole thing. You're going to be the babysitter. You're going to watch all the suitcases that did arrive. Me and that lady, we both are going to go to... um reports that we're missing, uh, lost, we're missing the luggage. So we go there, we we fill out all the forms and everything. And listen, this is what happened. He gives us the forms and by mistake, there's no mistakes over here, this is Dashka Pratis. He tells us, when you pass by the light, give it to those people that are sitting there. And I knew that that was a mistake because we're not supposed to give it to him. Those are the papers that we had to give to the guy that would bring us our luggage back to our where we're going, we're going to live. They're going to bring it to us the next day, so we're going to have to give them those papers that we claimed our lost luggage. But because he made that mistake, I said I'm going to go with his mistake, and this is how Shem is going to make those that stroller pass. So I tell the girl, you and her, you pass the green light with the stroller with all the luggage. I'm going to. The security and I'm going to show him those papers, I know that I'm, I'm doing the wrong thing, but, but I also know that this is how Hashem wants it to work. So I go to him. And in the meantime, they passed, and they went out of the airport, and I give this to him. I kind of distracted him, and he says, what is this? I said, I don't know. He told me to give it to you. He looks at me, He says, no, that's a mistake. You have to take it, and when they bring your luggage tomorrow, you have to give it to him. I said, thank you. As if I didn't know it, I go out and she's there and she's hugging me and she says, I have to have your number. This is something that I didn't grow up like. She took my number and she told all her friends in Flatbush
1: about this story. One second. So basically because you distracted him, they just walked past the other side and he like opened up the doors? Like, Yeah, the doors open and he didn't stop her asking
0: her why she has a double stroller without babies in it. Normally <laughs> If somebody has strollers, they should have a baby. If it's a double stroller, at least one baby. But she has nothing. She only has two suitcases and a stroller. So nobody asked anything because he was busy explaining to me what was wrong about me giving him this paper. In the meantime, they just left. So she took my number, and from this light in Moscow, uh, a new class was created in Flatbush. She invited me to her house. I went for two months straight teaching this sikh of Shmoy in Flatbush to total not Lubavish people. They're kind of, um, you know, Flatbush people. And a lot of those people are still, like, in touch with me. Whenever they have questions, they call me of different things that are happening. Even now, with the war, some of them are still in touch with me, asking me how we see this whole war in Eros Yisrael. So the point is that when we learn something... We shouldn't say wow this was an amazing zicha. what can i do with this zicha, how to help others what could i do with this oil to help others what could i do with this healer and eric that i sent to him he told me over a thousand people to get cured because when i left him in israel i said to him thank you yakov i don't know how to thank you enough and he said don't thank me you have to thank hashem i said that's true but you know what Hashem is going to give you so much Parnassa now through me because I'm not a quiet person and I'm going to publicize you. And not long ago, he sent me an email. Thank you for all the people that you sent to me because over a thousand people already within these eight years, it's more than eight years since, I mean, it's 12 years, um, that you sent me all the Lubavitch people. Um, So this is my life. And this is how I live, that everything is not meant to be only for me. It's meant for everybody. And I'm taking on myself. I shouldn't test me with any more challenges. But I'm not scared of challenges anymore. I used to say that I'm this little clown that uh, growing up, there was a clown in a box that used to jump out. And um, it works on springs. And then you push it down. And then again, you press a button, the clown jumps out. And I told Hashem, I think that the springs are getting overused already. So I think that I'm done. Unless you feel that I have to help other people, then
1: I don't I don't mind if you renew those springs again for me, just in order to help other people. I give you a bracha that, yes, your springs are out. And I think you did your shluchos of spreading people. Now you could just have continued light in your life only, bracha. And wow, honestly, this has been such a, incredible incredible for bringing, and i literally feel like from from when you said my computer just tying it back to the beginning like i would be like stressed out whatever my computer and right now it's sitting on top of the heater while we're talking and we're actually using phone so and i know that this computer is going to work because the reason why i need it is to do a father's nice. and even the whole time i'm like is it a good idea that's on the heater is it getting you know sweat from the heat but i'm like Instead of, you know, like a thousand, people pay thousands of dollars to get healed, right? To feel calm and a So I'm sort of, quote unquote, maybe sacrificing lots of money from my computer, but I'm practicing this bitachin right now and getting that. And at the same time, I'm certain that it's going to get um, better. It's really like just being certain that Hashem is walking in front of me like, like a Yehuda. Wow. So thank you so so much for joining us today. Imr Hashem, this should be the last discussion in Galus and the first discussion of Gula. Any last words before we we call it a, we call it a night? So I wish everybody a tzlacha, and I hope you got
0: some kind of a derech of um, you know connecting
1: to Hashem on a very different level that you didn't know until today. I'm sure we all did. Thank you so much and. Emurs revealed brachos from now on with the ultimate goal. Thank you so much for joining us today. And just for the updates, Baruch Hashem, I came home. We blow dry the computer with joy this time and it came back to life so it was so incredible to go through this whole discussion really practicing what she was saying and the strength that she said and what the Rebbe says and what Hasidah says that trust that it will be good I saw with my own eyes it was it was powerful